0: me make a positive difference when I'm on the job. God, help me make a loving difference in my home. God, make me a lasting difference among my friends. God, make me a difference maker wherever I go. Jesus is the difference maker. And if I say that I follow Jesus, then I follow in his footsteps where Jesus empowers me to become a difference maker. Uh, And by difference maker, I mean one who makes a positive difference by bringing the transforming love and wisdom of Jesus into everyday life and relationships. And you may be saying, how? How do you do that? How can I become a difference maker? Well, that's what we'll be discovering over the next five weeks as we study the Old Testament book of Daniel. The book of Daniel is not written by Daniel. It is about Daniel's amazing life and history-shaping difference-making. So let's start with the first words of the book of Daniel, chapter one, verse one. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand along with the articles from the temple of God, which Nebuchadnezzar carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia. Interestingly, uh, the first words of the book in Daniel are not about Daniel and his difference-making, the first words are actually about the hardships that could have formed Daniel's excuse for why he would not be a difference-maker. Here's the situation. Uh, while Jehoiakim was king of God's people in the tiny nation of Judah, the only world superpower invaded and uh, just took over Jerusalem and Judea. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had done takeovers like this before, and so he had some customized way of uh, assimilating conquered nations into his vast empire. You read about one of them in this text where uh, Nebuchadnezzar would raid the temple of a conquered nation and uh, crush their gods. Nebuchadnezzar would uh, say, I am your god now. Watch me as I destroy uh, this idol that would not save you. So now you worship me me and my gods. But in Jerusalem, Nebuchadnezzar entered the Hebrew temple and was shocked to find that there was no image of the Hebrew God uh, to topple. There was no statue to destroy. All Nebuchadnezzar could do was just capture uh, a golden table and lampstand and a few articles uh, used by the priests who would worship the unseen, all-powerful God of the Bible. But later then, now in the first chapter of Daniel, we learn that Nebuchadnezzar also captured some other items uh, and brought with him to Babylon. Babylon. What Nebuchadnezzar had also found as a good way to assimilate a conquered nation into his empire was to capture the most talented, brightest best young people of the conquered nation and bring them back with him to Babylon where they would be trained in Babylonian art and culture and become part of the brain trust of the king that would propel his empire forward. This is what happened to Daniel. Now, Daniel He's a real human being. Let's just get into the real human tragedy here. Daniel was ripped from his family, ripped away from his home, his community, his life, his dreams, everything precious to him was stripped away. Daniel is a Hebrew name, which means God, Uh, Daniel, El, is Elohim, refers to the God of the Bible. Daniel is God is my judge. But when he got to Babylon, he was given a new name, uh, Belteshazzar, which means Bel, pagan Bel, is my God. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine having a name that expresses your belief in the one true God and then you have that stripped away from you and your masters give you a new name and say, Daniel, your unseen God obviously doesn't exist because we defeated you and therefore when we call you to dinner, we're gonna call you, hey, come to supper, Bell is my God. And I give you this background because maybe you have some excuses of why you cannot be a difference maker. Maybe you've had some trauma in your past. Maybe you've had your life plan totally upended. Maybe you've had your dreams crushed. Maybe you have a job you hate or a tyrant for a boss. Well, Daniel had all those excuses and more, but did not sink into self-pity. He did not give up. He did not become bitter with anger. He instead looked as soon as he got to Babylon for opportunities to be a difference maker. When Daniel was thrown into Babylon University, he didn't moan and groan. He determined to be the very best student that he could be when he was thrown into Nebuchadnezzar's advisory council, uh, the king's council as a wise man of uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he didn't gripe and snipe. He looked for opportunities to make a difference. Where did Daniel get this encouragement from to be a difference maker? Well, he got it from God's word, specifically from the prophet Jeremiah. Now, This is where, if I'm going to lose you today, this is where I'm going to lose you. This is where uh, you could just start to daydream. So I'm going to ask you to keep tracking with me, okay? Okay? I mean, you weren't tracking, were you? Okay. Uh, All right. Most people understand that there are separate Bible books that can refer to the exact same period of of history. So the most obvious case of that is uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four Gospels, all refer to the same period of time, 33 years of Jesus' life. Well, this also happens in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we have the book of Jeremiah overlapping with the action that we're describing here in the book of Daniel. Uh, Specifically, in Jeremiah chapter 28, we learn that there was a false prophet named Hananiah who was pretending to have God's message that he would shout to those who were being carried off to Babylon like Daniel. And this, uh, this message from Hananiah goes like this, don't worry, captives. God will soon crush Babylon. Don't intermingle with those Babylonians. Stay separate, keep your distance, and just pray God's judgment upon Babylon, and soon Babylon will be crushed. Hananiah was a false prophet, and God considered his message so toxic and dangerous that God did something very unusual. He actually pulled the life plug out of Hananiah's life, poof, he died, which uh, I don't know if it's an encouragement for you, but it's an encouragement for a preacher to make sure that, you know, I checked over this again, just to make sure, Uh, so God took Hananiah off the scene, and then sent Jeremiah with his true message to his people going into captivity, people in Daniel's situation, are you ready? Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 4, "'This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carry into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I carried you into exile.'" Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. Do you hear this? God's message is don't don't separate yourself from the people in Babylon Build houses, settle down. God says, by all means, intermingle. Get to know the Babylonians and love them as your neighbors. God says, be a blessing. Work for the prosperity of this community that I am putting you in. And notice what God tells them to pray. The false prophet told them to pray against Babylon. God says, I want you to pray for Babylon. The false prophet says, Pray down God's judgment upon Babylon. God says, You pray for peace. Pray that I would bless Babylon. Seek peace. Seek the prosperity of the city that I am putting you in. Do you know what God is saying? God is saying to his people, Be a difference maker be a difference maker in your community and this is what Daniel dedicated himself to do he rejected the false prophet and he dedicated himself to what God's word said he became a difference maker and we have to do the same thing we have to reject that false teaching that says separate church from the unbelieving world Make sure you don't intermingle with people who don't know God. Run from secular culture. Hide in the church. Pray down God's judgment on society. Pray against the city and everybody in it. This is false teaching. Don't believe it. Now, God commands us to do the opposite. Like Daniel, we are to respond to God's word calling us to positively engage in our community, to engage in our cities, to engage in our schools, in our workplaces, in our government, in our entertainment industry, in the financial district, everywhere. Becoming a positive difference maker means that I must be positively engaged in this world. Now, you could say that is Daniel's first lesson for us on how to become a difference maker. Like Daniel, I must learn my culture. I must know its needs. I must love the people in my part of the world. And before this message is over, we're gonna get an example in Daniel's life of how he positively engaged. And we'll find that in Daniel chapter two. But before we get there, back to Daniel chapter one, Uh, Because Daniel now demonstrates a second lesson on how to become a difference maker. This is Daniel chapter 1, verse 3. Nebuchadnezzar ordered this guy, I can't pronounce his name, chief of his court officials, to bring Daniel and his uh, Hebrew friends into the king's service. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. Nebuchadnezzar assigned to them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official... uh, For permission, not to defile himself this way. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid to let uh, you do this because my lord the king has assigned this food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than all the other young men your age? Uh, The king would have my head because of you. And Daniel said, please, test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them them for 10 days. At the end of 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Now, before I draw an application here, let me just admit the truth. The truth is biblical scholars don't know exactly what it was about the food and wine that was defiling or displeasing to God. The best explanation is probably, uh, it's that repeated phrase, how this food and wine comes from Nebuchadnezzar himself and from his table. As we'll read on in Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar was fond of using mind games to promote himself as a god to be worshipped. And my guess is that Daniel refused to receive anything that implied that he would worship Nebuchadnezzar as his God or be lured into some manipulative way of dishonoring God uh, through temptation. All we know for sure is that receiving the food and wine from the king's table was displeasing to God and therefore defiling to Daniel. It It was going across a line. And that's the point. The point is that Daniel had lines he would not cross in his Quest to be a difference maker in his culture. Daniel was a difference maker who had convictions about what he wanted to do to bless Babylon and what he would never do as a difference maker, which is Daniel's second truth, second lesson about becoming a difference maker. Becoming a positive difference maker means I must be positively different in this world. The question I need to ask myself is, am I different enough in my world to be a difference maker in my world? Now, notice that being a positive difference maker means being positively different. And I emphasize this because some of you I'm speaking to, you're different all right. (laughs) The goal, however, is to be different in a good way, <laughs> to be different in a positive way, you know, different in by being patient uh, with difficult people or. Uh, on inconvenient circumstances, or being different in the peaceful way that you resolve conflict or face pain and hardship. Daniel teaches me that an aspect of being different is drawing lines, drawing lines and holding the convictions on what I will never do. To be difference makers, Christ followers need to draw lines on big issues but also be smart enough to realize that being different includes drawing lines on smaller issues. I remember four different convictions, different commitments that I have made at different periods, different points in my life. I remember being in middle school when my friends were all discovering four-letter words. And... uh, believing with great conviction that this made them very grown up and very cool. But it was not for me. I wanted to please God with my life. And so I drew a line in my heart in saying that there were certain vulgar words that I would never use, and I never have. When I was in high school, um, I was constantly around people at school or at my part-time job at the Trumbull Mall uh, who were constantly referring to Jesus and not in a good way. They were often referring to God and using God as kind of an exclamation point. God this and God that. And I drew a line in my heart and I decided that I would never use the word God or certainly the name Jesus as just a thoughtless exclamation in my conversation patterns. And I never have. In college and in post-college, of course, you know, uh, a lot of my uh, single friends got really heavy into dating scenes with lots of physical intimacy. I had long ago drawn a line that I was going to save myself uh, sexually for marriage, but even some of my single Christian friends would go way up, way and over that line of physical intimacy in their relationships with lots of ugly consequences, and so I drew a line in my heart. I drew a line that I did not want to get super involved in my dating relationships, and I drew a line that I would not kiss a girl until I was ready to propose to her. And the first girl I kissed at age 30 was my wife, Jen.
1: And then I got married.
0: Yeah. And then I got married and saw a lot of my married friends just let themselves go physically after the wedding. And I determined in my heart that out of love for my wife, I would stay in peak physical condition. (laughs) and remain ripped in abs, and, and why are you laughing, what is the, and God and I decided that three out of four commitments is not bad, and I, yeah, right, isn't that good, yeah. Jeremiah says that junk food, two four-letter words, I don't need to worry about, so uh, do you understand what I'm talking about? in terms of drawing lines? Do you understand the necessity of having some convictions in your life that make you different? I mean, do you draw lines that make you different enough to be a difference maker in your world? Out of his dedication to God, Daniel decided that he would draw a line over what he would never do, And that made him different enough to be a difference maker. When it comes to spending time at the office, are there lines that you will not cross? When it comes to making your family a priority, are there lines that you will not cross? When it comes to the opposite sex, when it comes to expressing anger, when it comes to your language, when it comes to your entertainment choices, when it comes to your truthfulness and your self-talk, are there lines? Do you draw some lines about what you will never do in order to do? the work of a difference maker. You must, you must become positively different in order to be a positive difference maker. Daniel did make a positive world-shaping difference. How? Well, let's give you one example here in Daniel chapter 2. One night, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and it was a doozy. It was not a nightmare that just kind of shakes you up for a few hours. This was a king-sized nightmare that reduced Nebuchadnezzar to irrational panic. He was so unhinged by this nightmare that Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't talk about it. And so in a fit of royal madness, Nebuchadnezzar demanded not only that his wise men and his advisory council interpret his dream but that they tell him what his dream was. And the wise men all said, King, you're asking the impossible. There is no human being alive or ever, has ever been who could tell a person's private dream. King, you're asking the impossible. Now, I'm gonna tell you why in a, in a moment, but the stakes were really high when it came to getting this dream identified and interpreted, uh, and the stakes were so high that Daniel had a personal conversation with God. Daniel went to God and asked for the impossible. And so the next day, Daniel went into Nebuchadnezzar's court and said, it is impossible for a man to know the dream that another man has in private, but there is nothing too hard for the God I know and serve. And so that you may know this God, King Nebuchadnezzar, he has given me knowledge of your dream and what it means. And then Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar his dream. Daniel said, King, in this dream you saw a giant statue with a head of gold, chest of silver, lower torso of bronze, legs of iron, and feet of iron mixed with clay. The statue stood tall and proud until suddenly a rock appears, a rock uncut by human hands. And this rock strikes the clay feet of the statue and causes the entire statue to fall and crumble into dust and blow away, gone forever. But the small boulder, that rock, grows into a mountain that fills the entire world. And Daniel says, King, God has given you a glimpse of what's gonna happen in the future. The separate sections of this statue all correspond to different kingdoms, and so does the rock. The gold represents your kingdom, you and your kingdom, Nebuchadnezzar. And that's, by the way, why Nebuchadnezzar was so panicked and fearful, because he could see that, his face was on the face of that statue. The silver represents the kingdom after you, Nebuchadnezzar. And we know from the book of Daniel that the next kingdom is the Persian kingdom. And then there are two more human kingdoms, bronze and iron, before the coming of the rock uncut by human hands. And Daniel says, king, this rock represents God's kingdom, It's a kingdom that will start very small, but will grow and grow and grow until it fills the whole earth. And this kingdom is God's kingdom that will never be replaced, never be destroyed. It is a kingdom that will last forever. Isn't this amazing? God gave Daniel insight so that he could be a difference maker who brought to Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful man on earth at that time, the message of Jesus because we know who the rock is. Jesus is the rock, uncut by human hands. And I love the contrast between this rough-hewn rock and those precious metals. The rock is the least valuable of all these materials because It's just the way God came to us in Jesus. He didn't come to us in royal robes and sparkly crowns. He came to us as a simple carpenter, ready to die as a criminal, to set us free and bring us into his eternal kingdom. What did Jesus say about his kingdom? Jesus said, my kingdom is like yeast in a lump of dough. It starts off small, but it grows and grows and grows until it fills the whole lump. My kingdom is like a tiny little mustard seed you and then it becomes the biggest tree in the neighborhood as it grows and grows, and Nebuchadnezzar had an amazing reaction to Daniel's interpretation. The king fell face down on the floor and thanked Daniel for introducing him to the God of the rock who Daniel knew and worshiped, and what we know is that this was the first step in what would become a redemptive friendship between Daniel and the king that would eventually lead to the rescuing of Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar's very soul. But I mentioned that the stakes were very high in uh, Daniel interpreting this dream. Uh, That's because in his irrational panic, Nebuchadnezzar declared that if none of his wise men could tell him what his dream was, then all of his wise men would be executed. So By Daniel receiving the impossible from God and his relationship with God, he saved his co-workers from death itself. You see, I don't know how tough your boss is, but Daniel had a really tough boss. I mean, when Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he was the kind of boss, when he terminated his employees, he really terminated his employees. And the book of Daniel makes it clear that when Daniel asked God for the dream interpretation, and first and foremost on his mind was his love for his coworkers. Daniel was a positive difference maker because he was positively engaged with a a love and friendship for his coworkers, for his tyrannical boss, for his city, for his community. And God the rock was able to give Daniel the ability to to give the impossible back to his coworkers and his community. Daniel was a positive difference maker because he was positively different and God wants the same for you, Christ follower. So this week, ask Jesus where you can start to bring his transforming love and wisdom into your everyday life and relationships. Jesus is the rock. He is the rock uncut with human hands. Jesus is the difference maker. Ask him, ask Jesus where he wants you to make a positive difference by getting positively engaged in your community, in your workplace, in your home, in your world. Ask Jesus where he wants you to draw a line so that you are positively different. Don't be an excuse maker. Starting now. Let Jesus make you a difference maker in this world. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online. And we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through Pushpay, through our mobile app and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.